This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. The refinery in the small coastal town of Wheeler is not your typical thrift store. There aren't any secondhand clothes, for example. But if you're looking for a 1986 wall calendar, an old door hinge, a missing piece for a Monopoly game, or some doohickeys for a found art project, you might be in luck. The refinery invites visitors to reimagine and repurpose items otherwise destined for a landfill. It also hosts monthly events where people can bring in broken vacuum cleaners or lamps or other stuff for repair by a team of volunteers. The refinery and the repair cafe are operated by Heart of Cardam, a nonprofit that was itself upcycled in a way from a group that started in Manzanita in the 1990s. Jesse Just is the executive director of Heart of Cardam, and she joins us now in the studio. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. So you arrived in Manzanita 20 years ago after a post-college road trip, I understand, and you went to the old transfer station, the old county dump run by an organization called Cardam. What did you see? That's right. Um, I think I saw my the rest of my life flash before my eyes, honestly. Um, well, you can say that in, in retrospect, or that's really true. You were there and, and you knew that your life was changing. I I did. I saw something that excited me on many levels, professionally and personally. Um, Something to know about uh, cardam recycling in in those days, that is exactly where uh, people took their family and friends. It was was an exciting roadside attraction. Um, So glad you're in town. Let's go to the recycling center. Let's go to the dump. I mean, what what was it that made people want to be there and that that when you saw it, you thought, well, this is a pivot in my life. Yeah, I um, came uh, out uh, to Oregon with um, an, an environmental degree. It was a, a you know, parks and recreation degree. And, and I had thought that I would um, teach environmental education through um, a part in a park setting. And when I saw Cardam Recycling, it opened my eyes to an entirely different way to teach about um, the environment. And I saw that immediately. I thought it, it, it was unique and it excited in me a passion um, to talk about resources <laughs> and, and waste. And so I knew right then and there that I absolutely loved um, this place. And I ended up staying and um, getting a job at Cardam Recycling. What does Cardam stand for? The Conservation Action Resource Team of Manzanita. And what was the the transfer station, which always cracks me up because to me, it's just fancy words for a dump. But, right. but, but what <laughs> right, is it? Right. what was it like before Cardam arrived on the scene? Well, it it was a dump. In fact, um, prior to the early 90s, there were many open dumps in just about every community. That's what you did with your waste. In fact, um, where I grew up in southern Missouri, I fondly remember going to the dump with my dad and, um, you know, drop some things off and, oh, look, there's a bike. Oh, take that home. And the same thing was happening in Manzanita. Um, That was out of town. That was the dump. And you would Take your pickup truck there and dump all of your family's waste off the back of it, and um, you know, pay the guy that ran it a few bucks, and then you know, maybe go home with a little treasure. So it was an open dump. Um, what changed when a group of of volunteers, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around Manzanita, took it over? 
Yeah, so around the country, these open dumps were closing, and um, pretty significant part of our our history is that that, that those were no longer allowed. I mean, it's it is not environmentally safe. There is you know leaching and rats and you know all kind whatever you can you know lots of problems with that style of of trash, and so moving to a lined landfill situation. So when you have a lined landfill, there's much more investment in that system, and therefore you have to have a place that collects trash and transfers it to a landfill in a safe lined place. So um, the transfer station was born in that time. And and the visionary leaders of, of Cardam, the, the little recycling depot in Manzanita, um, saw that there was an opportunity to manage um, waste materials and redistribute them in a way that made more sense in a community than simply throwing the things away, trucking them off um, to, to never be seen again. So um, fast forwarding a little bit, you, you said that you ended up getting a job there. What was your first job? I did. I couldn't wait. I was so excited. Um, they needed someone to work in the yard, um, assess loads, and drive a forklift. And I couldn't think of anything more exciting than that. Um, assessing loads and drive, th- those seem like two different jobs. And so what, what, yeah. what were you assessing? Well, that's a great question. Um, the difference between a transfer station that is simply moving, you know, collecting trash and then moving it to a landfill and what we were doing was very different. We were a resource center. And so every employee um, assessed loads for what was still usable. Hmm. We were essentially gatekeepers to the landfill. And what we said, um, we were trained to know um, what was hazardous, uh, what was recyclable, what was reusable. We had, all of us had a vast knowledge base of how to manage materials in a more efficient and appropriate way for a community. And it was a, it was a fascinating job. Huh. And you got to drive a forklift, which seems like I mean, I, I the, the, the look in your face when you mentioned that part. <laughs> so it was just also fun to have some heavy equipment. Yeah. It, it, by nature, a transfer station is an industrial environment. Um, it is. Uh, it requires lifting very heavy things. It requires loading things on and and to pallets and and loading trucks, and um, just a recycling center. I mean, those bales are. Um, you know, uh, over a thousand pounds, you know, you can, you can have a bale of material that, that weighs a ton. So moving that stuff around is dangerous work. And it is also, yeah, it's it's like considered industrial uh, work. So I want to really fast forward now because we were, we were talking about the nineties there and and you moved up in the organization, but what happened at the County level in 2018? A really short-sighted and sad decision is what happened. Um, uh, county commissioners at the time and uh, the board um, were negotiating the contract that at that time was several years, you know, quite a few years old. You know, it was over 20 years old at that point. Um, and during negotiations, um, they never reached an agreement about how much money it should cost to run that transfer station, about um, what 
was happening there, um, and there was a lot of unrest um, between the two parties. Between the the board that ran, so the, the nonprofit Cardam the nonprofit had board, been contracted right. by the county to run the transfer station. Yeah, we were under agreement um, to operate the county transfer station. Um, which in and of itself is not an odd agreement. There are um, uh, currently you know, lots of businesses operating transfer stations for entities, so that's not the weird thing. But the fact that we were a nonprofit operating um, that county service uh, was the unique piece. And so there were like layers of an onion, many, many, many layers um, to the story, but um, the, um, the heartbreaking piece was that an agreement was not reached on on how to to manage it, and um, ultimately that it it ended the contract for us to operate there, and and um, we were forced to leave, which meant that um, everything we had built over um, you know twenty years um, just it 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 went away, it, and. Um, it was very, very sad. Um, I was the operations manager at the time, um, still working out in the yard. Um, at that point, um, we had oh, 12, 13 employees. And um, and yeah, it was right before Christmas. And, and I had to tell everybody, including myself, that we needed to find something else to do. And and um, in a small community, that's, that's tough. That's, it was really scary. It was a scary time. How did... An organization that you now run called Heart of Cardam come from the end of that county contract with an entity called Cardam. <laughs> right, right. Um, I remember this kind of fire as I was sitting at the county com- in that meeting uh, and listening to the decision, and it was very, you know. It was, it was very meeting like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, we, vote, we are voting, uh, you know, to approve the, this contract and yay or nay. And how do you vote? And, the Roberts Rules of Order breaking your heart. Uh, yeah. And so as I was listening to this and and there was that final order of we are we are voting to end the contract. And my heart broke and I cried and also a fire started. And I remember thinking. This isn't the end of Cardam. This will not be the end of Cardam, even Sorry, though I, I had I'm, no I, vision <laughs> for how it was. I may not be the only one who's confused. When you say a fire started, you mean a, a metaphorical fire started inside you? Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. We live in yes. a society now where fires, literal ones, are starting all the time. Okay. <laughs> good, good mention there. Uh, yes, so, yes, so, so you just you had this sense that that Cardam somehow was going to continue. I did, and. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what that was going to be, um, but I stayed in close contact with the board of directors who continued to meet monthly and try to figure out what they were going to do with the organization who no longer had a home. Um, the organization had only known operating a recycling operation and, and a transfer station, and so without that place to be, it was a confusing time, and so I stayed in contact with everyone. And um, and at the point that the board 
said, you know what, that, you know, COVID, <laughs> the, you know, COVID had had begun and they were meeting on Zoom once a month and getting very tired and thinking, you know, what are we going to do? There's no, there's, there's nothing else we're going to do. The thing we were doing, we can't do anymore. We can't even meet in person. Why bother to exist? Yeah, exactly. And what was your answer to them? Well, I said, is this really it? Are you really, are you really going to fold the organization? And they said, we think that we could, we could grant the rest of the money in the bank account that we could give it to some local organizations and then yes we would we would dissolve the organization and i said what do you need to not do that and they said we need a business plan and five new board members cuz we're outy and i said okay huh. and i came back with a business plan and five new board members this is a good time for me to reintroduce you we're talking um, right now with Jesse Jussie, executive director of an organization called heart of cardam a nonprofit in the north coast that aims to reduce the amount of our stuff that goes to landfills um, this is an organization that was recently profiled in oregon arts watch so what does Heart of Cardam, whenever I hear Heart of Cardam, I have to say it, it sounds to me like a video game or the sort of a Settlers of Catan style <laughs> game. Um, but what is, what are the different things that your nonprofit does right now? That's a good question. Um, we have tried to keep this, the spirit of Cardam, uh, the heart of Cardam, uh, in everything that we do. And one of the the main reasons that I did not change the name entirely is because Cardam has come with a package of love and and financial support and care that I felt like needed to come along with us. And I in it at the same time it needed to have its own identity, and so um, we did change the mission and the and the vision slightly, only to um, uh, reflect that we are no longer operating a transfer station. Our work, our daily work, is a little different. However, um, we still carry the story and. Of uh, this, the story of transformation, and we still do work in the same community that is focused on using waste as a resource and using it for a resource for social and economic and creative benefit. All, all of those. Hmm. It's very important. The classic three R's that um, I remember hearing just as a kid and seeing printed in a triangle and um, are reduce, reuse, and recycle. But your organization has three more R's. What are they and why are they important? Yes. Um, reuse, repair, and reimagine. Those are the three pillars of our organization now. And the three um, ways that we uh, carry out our, our mission um, and the way that we think about um, contributing to um, a zero waste community and and zero waste. Um, I think this is a good time to mention that zero waste does not necessarily mean that that trash or waste is not created. It simply means that we are using 
the discards so effectively that as little as absolutely possible actually goes to landfill. Everything else is used, much like nature's systems. It isn't that waste isn't created. It's just that it is used more wisely for other things. What happens at the refinery? Amazing things happen at the refinery. <laughs> um, that is where the reuse, the repair, and the reimagination happen. It's kind of like magic, I think, um, that we can take dirty, sort of unloved sometimes things, things that are sort of forgotten, things that are left behind, and we give them new life. We give them a new home. Um, we appreciate them. And I believe that the people who come, who visit the refinery do the same thing. They appreciate what's in the refinery and um we see this light uh this this uh inspiration that comes from people who walk through the door have there been people who walk into the door in, in this new-ish place who remember the beginning of cardam oh absolutely every minute of every day yes and uh again one of the reasons that I'm so glad Cardam is still in our name because it is absolutely recognizable. And um, for a while, I well, I, I still have the magnets that say Cardam is open. And I can't even remember what we used the magnets for now. They were stuck somewhere on a sign at, at the old uh, transfer station. And, um, and I found them and slapped them on the side of my van. And for the first year that we were open, every time I drove through town, people would wave real big and sometimes stop me, um, drive behind me until I pulled over somewhere and then get out and say, Cardam, Cardam's really open? Where is it? What's happening? So it was a great uh, marketing tool and, and an ability to open up conversation about our new, our new life. What is Trash Bash? Oh, Trash Bash is our wonderful uh, festival that we throw each May. In fact, um, this coming May will mark 25 years of Trash Bash. It was originally um, in, uh, just an art show that um, was held at the dump and people dressed up and for one night we had a potluck and, and music and, and drinks and um, people bought uh, art made of found objects and trash, most likely found there at the transfer station. And now um, the spirit is is still very much alive with uh, costumes. Um, we've added a few more uh, activities like the Trash Tales storytelling event and a full-on, with a runway, trash fashion show. Um, and and it's still, 25 years later, is a wonderful celebration of the creative things you can do with discards. Hmm. How has working in this world for 20 years now affected the way you think about stuff? We live in a society where we have... There's so much money that goes into messaging that tries to convince us, often very convincingly, that stuff, all kinds of versions of stuff, is a key to happiness. Um, and it's so hard to not buy into that, literally, to, to, to then spend our money on that stuff. I'm just wondering how you think about physical objects uh, 
and their relationship to our human happiness? Yeah, that's a great. That's a really great question. Um, I recognize. I think our our whole team at Cardam recognizes that that humans have uh, unique relationships with things that we that we fall in love with our things that we care about our things and and also um, very much have to let those those things go and. And I am no different, you know, working in, in this this industry, I, I absolutely fall in love with the things. Um, new stuff too sometimes. And, and new stuff too. I recognize when um, I, I recognize when I, I need new things versus old. However, um, I, I very much understand that there is so much waste, so many things out there that it is rare that I have to buy something new. There's something that we, um, I'm not sure that we even have coined a term for it, maybe besides magic, but there is this idea that if we ask for something, it will show up and it has worked without fail at Cardam recycling just as much as it does now in the refinery is that we just say, oh, just ask for it and it'll show up. And it always does every time. Sometimes you have to wait a little while. Um, but I would say through this, um, to answer your question, I think I have adopted a patience, a patience that is, it will come. I don't a need patience, it right that's, now. That's the difference of, of Amazon, press a button and it'll be delivered in an hour or in a day. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that I don't ever need new things, but it means that if I have a patience, it will show up. It will come. It will it will appear when I need it. And if the very thing that I'm asking for doesn't show up, something that works will. And um, I love that about this business. Jesse Just, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for having me. What a great show. <laughs> Thank you. Jesse Just is the executive director of Heart of Cardam. Monday on the show, only five states require sex ed to be accessible for people with disabilities, and Oregon is not one of them, but a program being offered through a partnership with OHSU provides training to teachers so they can help fill this gap. We'll hear the details on this course and what it takes to make sex ed accessible. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on NPR's app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC this week. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great weekend. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust. Michael, Kristen, Andrew Kern, and Anna Sanford 